Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of the Steve Schramm Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do something a little bit different this week than we would normally do. And so I hope you will hang out with us for just a few minutes. It is not going to be a long episode at all today. Uh, I would say 10-15 minutes at the max. I just wanted to come to you. Here in America, we are celebrating the 4th of July. This is, of course, um, our independence as a nation and uh, that, that we are celebrating. And today I had planned a, a full episode that was going to be, I think, really helpful. It was going to be a response to uh, an internet atheist uh, tirade. But I have to say that when I sat down to record, especially after doing my Bible reading, I just felt compelled to speak a little bit about something I read and something that would be a little bit more relevant for the season we're in here in America. So if you're an international listener, and we do have quite a few of those, uh, then you're welcome to listen in. I do think that I still have some biblically sound and important principles to share this morning, even if I'm going to share them within the context of simply being proud to be an American. You know, that's something that is lost, I think, amongst a lot of, especially my peers, being a millennial. There is not this sort of American pride in the sense of simply just being proud to be in America, to be proud to be where I'm from, in a country where I still can uh, worship the God that I want to worship. I can go to church on Sunday without fear of the government attacking me, at least as of today. That's the reality. So I just want to express my thankfulness for where we are and who we are as a nation, who we've always been. You know, there may be things that are going on in the culture today that I disagree with, but these are things that are really happening worldwide. And certainly there are those in government leadership here that I disagree with, and that is not going to change from an ideological perspective. I'm just, I'm not on board with them. And we need to understand how to react in those situations, but even even that is a lesson for a different day. I just wanted to take time today rather than to do that response that I had planned to do. We're going to save that for next week. It's still important. It's still useful. And I think it'll be fun. But it's just not where I felt that the Lord would have us to take this podcast today. So I was reading through uh, my regular Bible reading. I am in Exodus chapter 13 and what I what I am doing uh, currently for anyone who's interested is more of a uh, thematic study of the Bible. So this is actually this read through that I'm doing. I do the Bible a year thing. I've done that three or four times now, but this is the first time really that I'm going very very slowly without the expectation of finishing within a year. Uh, I am just simply moving as slowly as I need to through the text 
circling things, underlining things, taking notes in the margins, etc. And uh, I'm really, uh, really enjoying this. And I'm doing it according to a plan on an iPhone app that I use that just simply allows me to do it thematically. So I, it follows through the books in the order of um, how they appear in the canon of scripture, Genesis, Exodus, and so forth. But you also get New Testament sprinkled in books. It, it does books at a time. So I'm in Exodus right now, but I'm also in First Corinthians. And then it'll throw in a psalm here and there or a proverb here and there. But it's all thematically based. In other words, they tr- that you get through the whole Bible this way. But you're doing it in such a way that it tries its best to uh, make familiar concepts appear at the same time as much as possible. It has you going through familiar concepts and uh, things that are reflective of other things at the same time as you're going through it. So it's useful. It's a way that it allows me to uh, without cross-references in this Bible, I, I don't see a lot of that stuff, so I have to either write it in or think about it more deeply, which is what I want. That's okay. And this thematic study helps me to kind of understand my way around Scripture a little better, because let's face it, we could all stand to get better at that. So, as I was reading through, I am in Exodus 13, and of course, In Exodus 13, we see that God has just brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, they are getting ready to go through this Red Sea experience. They are, uh, they've got a long way to go. They are getting ready to go through the wilderness experience. And we all know a bit how that goes and how that, how that went. But I saw this concept come up again in Exodus 13, chapter uh, chapter 13 and verses 8 and 9. I saw this concept come up of remembrance. And I, I've seen, of course, this pop up a few times now, having come through Genesis and then this far into Exodus. But it just stood out to me again, especially as we come up on the 4th of July here in America. I was just thinking about how how important this is. Uh, you know, history as a subject, strictly speaking, historical work, it's just really not something that I've had an interest in. I've not really ever taken an interest in it. And uh, there's part of me that is is a little regretful of that. I, I wish... I wish I was more interested in it. it. I find it hard for me to get into, try as I try as I might. But what is interesting to me and what does interest me is, of course, theology. <clears throat> Pardon me. And a, a, a biblical historical theology. And thinking of the Bible in terms of its historical importance. And as you read through the works of those who are arguing for a more literal understanding of the Old Testament, or at least a a seriously taken understanding of the Old Testament, you find that they constantly emphasize how 
Israel was interested in historical recording. And not only that, but they usually draw a stark contrast between Israel and how some of the other ancient Near Eastern cultures that were neighbors to Israel were really not interested in this. Kind of the best we have is the sort of biased history that you get in sort of the royal annals and the king lists and things like that. A lot of times they'll tell you a lot about the victories and stuff that these different kings won over other surrounding and neighboring nations, but they don't put in any really bad detail. So it's not a it's not an honest accounting of history. And if you look to their worldview and you understand what it is they believed and the implications of what it is they, that they believed, it turns out that they weren't interested in history at all because everything was just kind of um, strewn together. It's this polytheistic idea of, you know, the it's, it's back to the idea of the one and the many. It is... The God is part of the world. The world is part of God. It's 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 kind of like a a a pantheism of sorts. And the reality is that on their view, historical recording was just not really important. There was uh, no meaning to history. Things that happen today don't affect things that happen tomorrow. And the best place I can see to, to understand this concept and have it developed as far as that I have read is John Oswalt's The Bible Among the Myths. And this book just really makes what I think is an important case for the uniqueness of Israel. And it spends a lot of time in this regard about how Israel was interested in history. And as you look all throughout the uh, Hebrew Bible, you see this. You see this important attention that is given to history. It's given to remembrance. It's given to understanding where we've been and how our actions have affected the situation and how God has rescued us, how God has brought us out of those circumstances, of those situations and been so good to us in spite of our disobedience, in spite of our lack of, of, of worth, in spite of our ability to be able to please him and do the things that he has asked us to do and be the people he's asked us to be. In spite of those things, God has been so good, and we are charged, and they were charged, with remembering this. And so I was reading these verses. I'm just going to read them to you real quick. It's Exodus 13, 8 and 9. And thou shalt show thy son. This is, they're talking in the context of, they just came out of Egypt. They're talking about the feast of unleavened bread. That that theme starts um, in verse uh, 3 there. Okay, so verse number 8, and thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, this is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in his mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. So we see this emphasis on the remembrance of who God is, and what God has done, but get this in the context of history. And 
if I may just take that point to draw a uh, general admonition for you and I today, and if I may speak to my fellow brothers and sisters who do happen to be uh, living here in the United States of America, may we use this season, this opportunity, as a time of remembrance for who God is and what God has done in the context of history and in the context of our history. I think that this is a helpful thing that we could draw from all of these different Old Testament passages that we find that suggest this, but specifically this that I have that I have read. Yes, they are talking about the Feast of Unleavened Passover, or excuse me, uh, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, but the lesson here, the lesson is the remembrance of who God is and what God has done in the context of history. And certainly as Americans, we have something today to be thankful for with respect to that. We can be thankful for the freedom that we have and enjoyed for the freedom of living in a country whose values are wholly based on a Christian ethic and whose uh, forefathers, many of them, loved the Lord and seeked uh, to be able to worship Him freely and thus looked into the founding of an entire new nation and fought bravely and fiercely for that freedom. That's what we see. And we've seen God's hand work. We've seen God's hand move. Now, if I understand my Bible right, I don't see a reason to think that America is any huge part of God's program. Uh, it's not mentioned anywhere in the Bible, despite all of the nations and everything else that is mentioned. And so, do I think America will, will somehow stand uh, forever as some bastion for uh, a Christian life and worldview? No, I don't. But you know what? Today, today is not the end. We still have more time. We still have uh, time to spend in remembrance for who God is and what God has done in the context of our history. And it's our job, first and foremost, as Christian parents, as Christian leaders in our communities, as uh, people who have uh, Christian influence in our workplaces, to, to help other people see, to help those people specifically see that God has been working and to help even them understand God's working in the context of history, who God is and what God has done. So I'm not going to go all through them. I wrote down three quick things, alliterated things that I think are um, important. And I'm just going to share with you briefly um, what they are and a, a tiny bit about them and then we're done. So first remembrance is biblical. You know, I, I mean, this is obvious. We've been talking about this basically the whole time. Remembrance is a biblical concept. Read through your Old Testament and you will absolutely find that remembrance is essential. This idea of building monuments and keeping monuments and keeping feasts, etc. It's always in the context of history. And so when people want to argue that certain things in the Bible are not meant to be taken uh, historically, or they are, they're, it's, they're historic, but it's vague uh, 
to with respect to what about it is historical because we can't take it literally or whatever. And I realize there's different genre considerations and things like that, but just understand that um, the reason that we err on the side of a historical grammatic hermeneutic, and that is the proper hermeneutic to use, is because it takes proper perspective of the context of history, the genre of the literature, the usage of the words. This is the way that we understand writing, and we do have to understand things about the cultures, etc. Absolutely, but we have to herald the uniqueness of Israel and deal within that context. And when we do that, we see what this idea of remembrance was rooted in a firm history. If we don't have an accurate historical recording, then we cannot possibly have an accurate theological accounting. It's also balanced. Remembrance is. Uh, balanced. Here's all I mean by that. In the context of America, in the context of the United States that I'm speaking about here, this is a balanced thing. This is not a thing that only Republicans do. This is not a thing that only Democrats should do. We should all, we should all take place in remembering. And you know what we have to do? We have to remember the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not everything in our history has been great, but we have to remember it. We have to remember it, build upon it, learn the lessons, and pray, pray, pray that God continues to work in the hearts of those who are in this great land. And then finally, remembrance is big. Now, this is a bit of an alliteration here, uh, but uh, when I say big, I simply just mean it's important. It's a great thing to have this spirit of remembrance, to take the time to love others, to take the time to think about why it, it matters that God has been working um, you know, because that's the ultimate game, right, is is God's love for the world. That's what we do, is we are the hands and feet of Jesus because we love the world, and we do our, our best to reach them for his cause. And a big part of that is remembering who God is and what God has done for us in the context of history and seeking to be the person who makes positive change for him and in his name today. That's our goal, and that's our mission. And that's why it's so important that we take heed to this idea of remembrance. It's biblical, it's balanced, but it's also big. It's a big deal, and it's a big deal to God, and therefore, it should be a big deal to us. Well, that's all I have for you today, my friends. Thanks for hanging out for about 19 minutes or so. I certainly, certainly appreciate you. I want to wish you, if you're here in the United States, a happy 4th of July. I hope you have a fun time with your families. And most of all, I hope that you take the time for remembrance. God bless. Hope you have a great week.